Welcome to this episode of the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Joining me today, it's New Mexico State head coach Brooke Atkinson. Coach is in her second season at New Mexico State. Have them sitting at 23-6, and 15-1 and one in conference. She was the coach of the year last year in the WAC and took over a program in a good place. Mark Track, the former head coach, is now the head coach at Southern Cal. Had them in the tournament. Uh, so I want to talk to her about what it's like taking over a team that's been successful. And the expectation levels are elevated. And she's obviously done a, a great job keeping them high. But uh, I think there's a different set of circumstances when you come into a winning program. So we'll discuss that. We'll discuss her longtime assistant career th- a number of stops kind of all over the country. Uh, we'll discuss the WAC, too. If you don't know the WAC, it's a, a unique conference. So we'll talk to her a little bit about all those things, the transition from assistant to head and from year one to year two, and talk about her team. That's uh, that's pretty darn good. We'll see if they can win the tournament, but they, uh, they will be a danger if they get to the NCAAs. So let's get Coach on the phone, and we'll be right back. This is The Jump Around. And welcome back to the Jump Around. And joining me, it is New Mexico State head coach, Brooke Atkinson. Coach, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. And congratulations, your your second year at the helm and another great season. So congrats to you and thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, um, I said this earlier, but I appreciate you guys even looking our way down here in, in Las Cruces. Absolutely. Well, we... Uh, we want to talk to you about your program and, and, and this team, but uh, before we do, I, I always like to give people an idea of, of, of who we're talking with and kind of how you got to where you did. So um, a question I've been asking a lot of people lately because it's been getting some great responses is, if we go back to you when you're playing, uh, back when you're, um, you start your career at the JUCO level and you go to Wichita State and, and play your last two years there, if I would have asked senior Brooke uh, on that Wichita State team. Hey, what are you going to do after you graduate and leave this place? What would you have told me? Uh, I wanted to coach. I, I coach or teach. You know, I, I, I think um, I knew that I'm always kind of a big kid at heart. So I wanted to be surrounded by, by young um, kids, whether it was elementary school to, to college. I didn't really know what level I wanted to be at, but I just knew um, that I wanted to teach and coach somehow in, in some realm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, sometimes, even coaching college, you wonder if you're coaching elementary. So I understand there are some similarities there. <laughs> yeah, basic, lots of fundamental. <laughs> lots, yes, understand. Uh, well, when you you obviously go the college route, and you spent some time at New Mexico State as an assistant, a long time, really, and then you were also at Colorado State and South Dakota State as well. Um, and you talked about it in your introductory press conference as the head coach at New Mexico State, but you said you worked for three really different uh, bosses in those head coaches at those stops, and you learned that you can play a lot of different styles of basketball and be successful. Uh, over your time as an assistant, what, what are one or two of the biggest takeaways that you did get um, from those three bosses? Uh, there's so many different ways that basketball can can be played. You know, I started here under Darren Spence, and, and he just kind of, you know, was my first boss and, and gave me an opportunity. And, you know, a great basketball coach offensively, defensively, 
you know, and, and one thing that he said that I still always use is, you know, you want to be playing your best basketball in March, you know, um, and he was more of a man, you know, get up and, and, and guard you type of coach. And so that's kind of all I really knew. And then once I left here, you know, I went and worked for Ryan Williams at, at South Dakota. I have to correct you. It's South Dakota, not South Dakota State. You can get. Oh like my goodness. Yes. South Dakota. Yes. You know, like yeah. if you're either, you're either <laughs> up North with the blue or you're like down in like the, we called it the tropics of South Dakota in Vermilion with the, the, the yoke. <laughs> So, you know, just a little bit of a correction. Thank that's you like, for doing that's that. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> I learned a lot when I when I moved to South Dakota those three years. Um, you know, just about that big, that's one of the best rivalries in, in college basketball. Um, but when I worked for Ryan Williams, um, it was so different because he's such a, he's a really great offensive coach, but he always kind of said like a great offensive possession turns into a, a great defensive possession or a bad offensive possession turns into a bad defensive possession. So he kind of changed my thought process offensively, but then, you know, cause I went from playing man and, and getting out and denying and, and he's everything he's man, but he's in the gaps and using length and then motion basketball. And so, um, that was, I just learned so much for him in the sense, like I can kind of relate and see myself in him where he's more of kind of a, not a player's coach, but he's going to ask his best player where, where she wants the basketball. Mm. You know, and I, I think growing up, I never saw that. It was like, okay, it's my way, the highway, yep, yep. you know, you do as I say, and that's really not him. And so it's kind of like, oh, I can see a lot of my personality in in him. And then um, he got the Colorado State job, and I stayed two years, and I was very lucky to be kept on by Amy Williams, who's now in Nebraska. And she just, you know, being that this, that this is women's basketball, I never played for a female basketball coach. Um, I had assistants in college that were females, but she was such a great mentor to me in basketball, but also like in life, to see her be a mom and to be a, a wife and then to be a head coach and juggle so many things and do it so successfully. She, you know, I think, you know, she just kind of opened my eyes on how family can be a really big part of, of basketball you know it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be this is this is the profession and that's it she's a great role model for for young women for myself um and now you kind of see on my staff i have you know um one of my assistants just had a little boy and he's like our mascot he travels <laughs> with us everywhere you know and it it just made it's such a it's such like a, a good um i don't know thing for these young women to see it makes sure. it so much more like a family atmosphere um and then again, I worked back for Coach Williams at, at Colorado State, Ryan Williams, um, and so I kind of already knew what he was about. But just learned so much from him and and Chad Lavin, who was uh, kind of the um, I don't know, he's kind of a consultant on the staff there. But he was the head coach at Wyoming twice at South Dakota, and just very much a um, smart basketball mind. He, he's very original in his thoughts. And mm. then I ended up back down here. So yeah. Quite a journey. Um, when you do get the the head coaching position at New Mexico State, I know, you, again, you've talked about this before, about the familiarity. Uh, after you spend so much time at one place, it, it helps when, you, when you're familiar with it. But your first head coaching job, was it overwhelming at all at first? Because obviously you just, you're, oh, in char- you're in charge of so much more. Oh, yes. I mean, I was terrified. You know, uh, <laughs> Coach Track did such an amazing job here. 
in six years, I was terrified. Like, you know, you're excited, you go through the process, and I don't think it comes a reality until finally it's like, oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was terrified. Like, you know, I, I was trying not to come in here and mess it up. Um, and, and on the other hand, you see it so different now. Like, all the responsibility is on you. And so, yeah, it was a... Uh, an exciting moment but man i was it was like you know oh shoot <laughs> yeah i probably didn't say understood understood uh well i'm always interested because i mean i I talk about this and say this all the time of of me i'd rather take over a program that won like five games as opposed to a team that won like 25 because to your point if you come in and you guys win 15 games which is a a really good first season for most coaches people are gonna be go yeah Why'd you mess it up? Everything was working fine. So did you, how did you handle kind of the expectations that coach track set? Because it, that was what happened, right? They're in the NCAA tournament and then you come in and it's like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to screw anything up. Right. I mean, I was just very, you know, I had a friend play for coach track in, in college when he was at Pepperdine. So I was really familiar with him. And then I had friends on the staff here that worked for him. So the best part was that I was able to, he was, he was great. When you talk about, you know, people taking time in this profession, he's done that with me. You know, he really cares about New Mexico State, even after he left. So in the sense, I had really good conversations with him. And then with, um, um, I always say uh, Tamara's last name wrong, um, in anyway at UC Irvine, her mm, um, yeah. and Cecilia Russell Mava, you know, I, I've been really good friends with them. And so they gave me great insight on, why they did things, how they did things, like their reasoning behind it. So, um, you know, I think I was probably more fortunate just because I have a really good relationship with the staff here. And so, you know, I was able to basically kind of carry over, you know, very similar to what they did. I, I really try to keep it very similar. And I always say this over and over again, but just if it's not broke, why fix it? You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. I tweaked it, and I know I didn't do a lot of the things like like he did, but I really tried to keep it similar just for, for these, these young women here that were already here. Yeah. In what ways, and to, to be clear to it, you, you had a great first season, which again, uh, the, the expectation levels are up, but you guys were, were able to be really successful and, uh, made a WNIT berth in that first season, uh, in, in route to having that. So what, uh, an 18 and 13, that's, I was slipped my mind, but 18 and 13 WNIT appearance, uh, now this year you guys are sitting at twenty three and six, fifteen and one in conference. You've won fourteen in a row uh, as it stands today. In what ways have you most grown just from year one to year two as a head coach? I think it's it's you know I've been in in the seat for a year. Um, my staff and I have you know we re- I retained my staff, so it's like we're you know, we know each other much better. We're kind of like a big family. And then thanks, thanks to these young women, you know, that they're comfortable with me, I'm comfortable with them. You know, once you, you know, I always say, like, I'm not an in-your-face type of person. I, I like my relationships to be formed more organically. You know, I don't, I just can't be in your face. I don't think that's just sincere or authentic. And so I think naturally we just know each other better. And there's just more of a, a baseline than there was a year ago mm-hmm. um, just because there were so many firsts, you know, for them, for me, for my staff. Um, so, I mean, the best part about it was knowing Las Cruces, knowing this community, knowing this university, my whole first year, my whole first however many months, I just focused on, on being a head coach in basketball. I didn't have to focus on 
getting to know a new city or a new university, you know? Um, so I think, I think those things all kind of, you know, went hand in hand. Yeah. Well, and you also won coach of the year year one. So, uh, no pressure on you to, to keep it going. Right. It's like, Hey, thanks. (laughs) Kinda. Right. Oh Um, man. But pretty cool for you, right? Year one, you won coach of the year. I mean, that's, that had to feel pretty validating. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, have been an assistant for for 14 years you know you just know players are so key you know coach track recruited a great system here and had great players in place you know um so i just was very fortunate and and they were very open to it so um you know i just he he had it you know very well taken care of when i took the job so again i you know players and staff they, they make you know they make all the difference it's a good politically correct answer i appreciate your humility that's good of you <laughs> nice value <laughs> um you you mentioned your staff and i did want to uh, ask you about that it's you've got a former head coach on there you, you you plucked an assistant from north texas and then you grabbed a juco assistant so uh that seems at least from the outside looking in and just either confirm or deny this, but that seems pretty intentional because that is kind of, you've got all the areas covered. Uh, when you, when you do put together your staff, what, what were the thoughts that went into the hiring who you did? You know, I, I think, um, so many people told me your staff is so important. Um, you know, and just to kind of go with your gut. Um, so I had a lot of people, you know, that, that are, you know, close friends and stuff, just recommend people the first hire that I made was, was Earl Lewis, who, um, he was the Dobo before, um, on coast track, uh, staff. And he had a great rapport with the girls. The girls absolutely love him. Um, he, he's basically the rain man of facts. He knows just about anything that you need to know. Um, and so, you know, the girls call him uncle Earl. So I felt like mm-hmm. keeping some, something familiar with the, the staff before, because obviously the entire staff went with Coach Track to SC, but the girls loved him, and you know he's he's just very helpful in a lot of ways. Whether it's you know just knowing what to do, or or and he has a really good basketball mind as well. Um, Ryan McAdams, you know, was the head coach at um, Eastern Arizona. It, it helps having him. He because he's been a head coach, you know, uh, he he's able to give me his perspective a lot. Like, hey, what would you have done? You know, um, and he's really good at that. But then um, everyone on my staff has JUCO ties, and I think, which is great, because you've had to do a lot with a little, whether you played it or coached it. You know, um, I never coached it, I played it, but I knew what it was like to have a, um, to ride in bands everywhere and to have a $5 limit. <laughs> um, so I think we can do a lot with a little. And so I really like that mentality of just, you know, you just got to outwork everybody and do a lot with a little. Um, but so Ryan has been really vital for me just because he gives me kind of that sense of this is what I did. He'll, and he's very, he's very good. He'll tell me, you know, what he thinks, if it's with what I believe or not, he's, he's very honest. And that's what I appreciate. Um, and then he's also very defensive minded, which, which is good for me because I always look on the offensive side of the basketball. Um, I Stewart uh, came from North Texas uh, it's funny how um, basketball for the small world. Uh, she grew up with um, with Dosha Woods, who I coached with uh, my second year here at New Mexico State, and then she grew up with my teammate um, 
rest in peace to Chara Huggins um, out of Topeka. So I already knew Aisha, but the best thing about Aisha, and she also played um, junior college for uh, Keith Adams, who's now at Wichita State, was at UTEP. She's very honest. She's, she's not going to hold back. She's going to tell me the truth. And, and she's, you know, she's our only staff member that's been, besides myself, in Division One the entire time. So she just has a lot of experience uh, recruiting, um, coaching. She's coached in a, a lot of d- different successful programs, whether it's South Alabama, Arkansas State, North Texas. Um, you know, and so she, again, and she just really can make great connections with kids, with recruits. And now she has a, a little boy, um, Elijah. And so he's kind of just comes along everywhere with us. He's a part of the family. And then um, DeAndre Brown, we call her Dee. She actually was an assistant for uh, Coach McAdams Ryan at Eastern Arizona. So that's how I kind of heard about her. And then she was with Toby um, when at Seward for two years. And so I was just really comfortable with her. Like um, she's very much herself. She's able to kind of be the go between between us and the kids. Um, and I've just really seen her grow too, as well as the coach. Um, she's, she's the young one on our staff. She's the baby. But um, so it's kind of a, you know, it's just like a, one big family, you know, we yeah. say one big dysfunctional family, but in a good way. <laughs> hey, it works. 23 wins, the function functions sometimes. <laughs> so, um, with your league, uh, one that is, um, relatively new in the grand scheme of things. And I mean this respectfully, but the whack is weird, right? Like you've got teams Fair. all over the place from Seattle to Chicago and everywhere in between. It is very bizarre. Uh, how does it compare with the other conferences you've been in, uh, in terms of travel and style of play? Because it's just, it is, it's kind of a bizarre league. It, it is very bizarre. Um, when I was here before we were in the Sun Belt, uh, two years and then we were in the WAC, but that WAC was, was probably the worst travel I've experienced, but it's basically the Mountain West, um, and then a few other teams that branched, branched off. It was um, Boise State, San Jose State, Utah State, Hawaii, which is always an interesting trip, yeah. Idaho, um, La Tech. I always forget some, so I'm sorry if I forget all of them. But, you know, um, we went, oh, Fresno State was in the league, Nevada was in the league. So it's kind of like the core of the Mountain West. Um, and then, you know, Conference USA, uh, the Big West. But so that travel was definitely the worst one. I'm, I'm thankful that I experienced that type of travel because going from Ruston, Louisiana to Moscow, Idaho, <laughs> that is a long, you know, that is a long two game swing. Yeah. Um, and then going to the sun, um, to the summit with South Dakota, you almost bust everywhere. Hmm. So that was that was a nice change, you know, because you can get in the Midwest, out west, everything's so spread out. Yep. In the Midwest and East, you can get somewhere, you know, you can get to four major cities in four hours. So, um, and then going to the to the Mountain West at Colorado State, you know, that has a lot of money, we, we chartered midweek games. So, you know, you leave Tuesday afternoon after practice and you'd be back at home, you know, Wednesday night, um, you know, at 10 o'clock at night. So that was probably the easiest travel that I've, I've experienced. And then coming back here to, to the WAC, it's completely different. The, the positive thing is you fly into a lot of big cities so it's not that tough, um, but you're just going to such extremes from Chicago, Kansas City to, to Rio Grande. I mean, you got to fly to Houston all the way down to Harlingen mm. to Seattle to you know 
some of these trips are easier for us, obviously, because yeah. we can get a direct to LA to to, to Phoenix. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, the, the good thing about this group is is they're very. My group is older and mature, so they've handled this travel really well. Well, one of those older and mature players in uh, Brooks Alice, player of the year and defensive player of the year in the conference, uh, leading the conference in scoring, rebounding, block shots. I mean, she is she's everything. Uh, how has her? I mean, it's obviously her her development has been key to you guys, but uh, her and your team as you've gone along on this fourteen game winning streak, you guys just seem to be getting a little bit better uh, each step of the way, especially offensively. Uh, you guys have just kind of been clicking a well, pretty long, uh, uh, clicking along pretty well. How has Brooke played into that, and just overall uh, your team for people who aren't aware? How have you guys been improving as you get into the March? I, I think, like you know, I think Golden State obviously started this, but they talk about positionless players, the international game, positionless players. And if I could best describe Brooke, she's very positionless. She, she could play you know, the point forward. She could, she played one through the five for us at certain times. Um, in her career, her first two years when I didn't coach her, she had some, re- you know, she had really good players around her upper class. And so she was more of kind of a catch and shoot kid. She could put it on the floor. Um, but you know, she had a lot of people to create and kick and she wasn't on circles on everybody. Um, scouting report where in her junior and senior year, at first in her junior year, she wasn't really comfortable with kind of being the man in the sense. Yeah. Um, but she's just kind of taken that in stride. I mean, the thing about Brooke, she has great instincts offensively, defensively, um, sometimes to her detriment defensively. But a lot of this is just she just has great instincts, a great feel for the game, a great IQ. Um, but she's our, she's our hardest worker. The amount of shots, the amount of work she gets in. I mean, if you would ever meet her mom, her mom is, is her hardest coach, you know, her, her toughest critic. So you'll hear her in the stands. And so she, she comes from a big family, you know, a, a big family, a tough family. And so, you know, um, she, she very even too, not too many highs or lows. She, you know, she wasn't very, uh, you know, comfortable with being a, a vocal leader. And I've seen a lot of growth in just a year and a half since I've been around her. Um, so it's been, it's been exciting to see her grow her game. Um, but she, she definitely just gets it for sure. Yeah. Uh, last thing, and I'll, I'll get you out of here on this, uh, again, for people who aren't familiar with you and your program, uh, what makes you guys so dangerous? I know you're not looking ahead. I know you're thinking about your, your conference tournament. You want to, you want to win those games and make it to the NCAA tournament, but what makes you guys such a tough out? What makes you guys so difficult? Uh, and, and why are you capable of, uh, of upsetting some folks down the road potentially? You know, I, I players definitely do in the sense that they've really bought into that defensive end. You know, that's what gets us going. As, as you said, it, we've gotten better offensively, but there's been times we've been downright not good offensively. But defensively, that's been our backbone all year, and they've really, they've really taken to it. And they've seen, you know, if you just, if you just sell out and buy into this, this defensive mindset, it creates it's easier buckets. It's so much easier offensively. And, um, you know, just um, just the momentum it gives, the, the the energy it gives, and they've done a really good job of just buying into that. It, it has to be that stop score mentality, um, and and they just continue to do it. I mean, you know, I, I like five players that are all kind of the same size, the same length, and so you know, our length and our athleticism and, and 
defensive, you know, energy. That's what that's what is going to give us, you know, great success. Hopefully, you know, down that line. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, you guys have been pretty special so far this year. Twenty three and six again, fifteen and one in conference. The WAC. Uh, tournament quarterfinals start Wednesday, March 13th, and uh, New Mexico State will look to win a couple in a row. But, Coach, thanks so much for taking some time for me and telling your story and sharing about your team. Well, I thank you. I appreciate it. I, 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 uh, when Ty told me, you know, that to do a podcast and I saw it was you, I was like, oh, dang. Like, <laughs> I, I, I listened to your podcast. I, you know, I was... I was like, oh, man, kind of like this job. I just don't want to screw it up. So I appreciate you even looking this way down in Las Cruces. Uh, well, I appreciate the kind words, and it was it was my pleasure. Now, you guys go go win that tournament and uh, bust some brackets. Make me look smart. All right. Thank you so much. Well, thanks again to head coach Brooke Atkinson. I really do appreciate the kind words and really do think uh, New Mexico State is a, a pretty dangerous squad. Thanks so much to you for listening to the Jump Around, whether it's on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen, it is appreciated. If you listen on iTunes, can leave a rating or a review. That would be really appreciated. You can find me always on Twitter, at Blake Dudonis. And until next time, this is the Jump Around.